I'm sorry, what's happening right now? Welcome to the Let's Go Racing Family Podcast, sharing our love for NASCAR, running, and just racing through life. Hosted by Sebastian, Giovanni, Karen, Tony, and me, Johan. Each week, we'll talk about our view of the world through the lens of racing. Welcome back to Season 2 of the Let's Go Racing Family Podcast. This is going to be our first full episode of the season. So we're actually going to go ahead and recap the Daytona 500 and the Daytona Road Course. Let's talk Daytona 500, guys. It's a lot of new beginnings for people. We have the 2311 team starting up. We've got new drivers coming in. And we even got an old driver, Kyle Larson, returning after what happened last season. Your mom and I were talking yesterday about how much you know we love the Daytona 500, right? It's the kickoff of the season. But this race, just it wasn't all there was to be for the entire race. Now, there were exciting moments, definitely. And there was an exciting, unexpected finish. But overall... There was a little bit of disappointment in 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 and what we saw. And part of it was it wasn't the sports fault. It was weather, right? We had a rain delay early on in the race that literally cut off the first quarter of the race. But I'm gonna be brutally honest though. Like this was not one of my favorite Daytona five hundreds. And I'm really sad and disappointed because I always look forward to this race. It's my favorite race of the year. You know, it's the beginning of the NASCAR season. And I was not I was not impressed. I I did not like the race. Um, and I think it had to do a lot with the fact that apparently this new package, um, the drivers are able to drive in a single file line single file racing, and the yeah. majority of the race was a single file driving. There wasn't that excitement that you see at the super speedways where cars are passing each other. And other than the two times that there were like the big wrecks, we didn't see people, you know, going three wide and trying to pass each other. So that to me was disappointing um, it wasn't even the rain delay because that's always expected in Daytona that we're going to start a race and it's going to end much later. But I just did not like I didn't have any. There was no excitement for me in the race. What do you think, Johan? Well, um, honestly, this is like one of my favorite Daytona 500s, actually, because um, 2014 is also one of my favorites because for some reason I like the 500s where like you get some laps in the daytime, rain comes, and then you race in the nighttime. So you just want to watch a night race in Daytona? Yeah, I love the night races. I mean, I'm not, it, I'm not gonna lie; it's 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 fun. It's exciting. It's under the lights. I think you get a better TV audience. Um, so I, I don't, you know, I don't disagree with you on that point. But for me, you get started, and then it's like you you get all excited. You know, it's the biggest race of the year. And what was it, 20, 30 minutes into the race, the rain came and we're just sitting around and we ended up, you know, watching the documentary that they had. And then we watched a movie and we were wanting to watch that race, but it's just it's something to get started and then it stops. But before the rain delay came, there was that unnecessary wreck. I say it was an unnecessary wreck because it was what, 15 laps in? Just 15 laps in. And it was a pretty big um, crash or a pretty, pretty big wreck. That took out a lot of good cars. Um, a little bit of my frustration is that my choice for uh, winning the Daytona 500, which was Daniel Suarez, was taken out. And he happened to be 
in the wrong place at the wrong time. He looked like he avoided the wreck by going down on the apron, but then he hit the grass, which was wet from prior rain from the day before. The car got messed up and another car slammed into him. And it wasn't just him. There was other cars. There was um, Will and Byron. I mean, and... um, and God, Bowman, were, right? I mean, yeah. these were our Look, pole sitters the, who were, were the, out within cars, 15 laps. These were the cars that were involved with that first wreck, what, 15 laps in. You have the 19, you add the 48, you add the, um, uh, who else? You had the 24, you add the 6, that's Ryan Newman. You had the 20, you add the 99, the 38, the 36, the 1, which was uh, Kurt Busch. I mean, yeah, there were a lot of drivers that were involved with that. You know, to me, the racing that mom prefers, like the them battling, that's what those first 15 laps were. That's what led to that wreck. And then when you have that happen, plus rain, the drivers are like, maybe we shouldn't be racing as hard because we're going to end up in these wrecks and we're limiting our chance to win the 500. So they decided for most of this race, we're just going to do single fouls. So to me... I'm going to disagree with an earlier point of yours. The rain was part of why this race was a little boring for part of it. So the first 15 laps were actually pretty fun for me because um, it was just three wide racing, crazy racing, bunk, bonking and banging. And like we were actually coming home from Disney Springs that day. Um, and I we had to watch it on our phones and listen to it. Um, I actually watched... Yeah, that was the other thing. We're like racing home, trying to get here. We we made the decision that because it was Valentine's Day, we're going to get a sweet treat. And then we said, we're going to get food and we're going to just come straight home. And uh, we made it home very quick. But still, that was part of the disappointment. You race home. You get so excited. And then this wreck happens. Yeah, so um, I was... I was watching the race. I was actually eating my pizza, and all I hear is, like, um, you guys screaming, like, oh, my goodness, there's a wreck. And I was like, what? I'm just eating my pizza. And then I look, and then I see a bunch of cars torn up in the grass, all dirty. Yeah, it was definitely unexpected that early on in the race. So that was really disappointing. Yeah, I think probably one of the main contributing factors to a few of the drivers getting taken out well was the contact but it's also the grass and we've seen this before in many races on many tracks and especially Daytona when that when you hit that grass you're gonna turn into a lawnmower pretty much like it's just it's really intense when you hit the grass I think Brad Keselowski even went like mid-air or someone I forgot who it was it was from William Byron he got like hit and like went uh did a two-wheelie so, yeah, because when you hit the grass, it destroys the car. Sometimes I've seen cars get in part of an accident, but the damage from the track isn't as bad. But as soon as they hit the grass, boom, it like that's the, actually what happened. The fender to, explodes yeah, off that's the what car and then Daniel it's Suarez. done, which is sad. Yeah, because Daniel Suarez, we were watching the replay of the wreck over and over. And I saw at one point I'm like, oh, he's good. He's clear. And then all of a sudden uh, you were saying, Karen, that no. He got hit. Who was who was it? No, he hit the grass. He hit the grass first and tore up his carpet, and then the thirty six slid down the track and smacked right into him. Yeah. So I mean, again, going back to your point, Sebastian, you're thinking because of that early aggression that led to that wreck, plus the rain, plus the rain, that's why we had a lot of single file racing and not a lot of oh, let's do these 
long sections of the race where we're like trying to battle and pass each other. The only times I think they even did that was like at the end of the at the end of all the stages. Yeah. And definitely you saw the competition pick up then. You know, I will say this. I w- when we were watching the race and um, Danny Hamlin was up there, right? He was my pick to win. And I really thought I was like, I, I got this right out of the bat. Three Pete, Danny Hamlin, his new card, t- his new team was doing well. He's going to win the Daytona 500 again. Then there was, uh, well, what happened? He got it. He went into the pit and he came out. Oh, it was because it was green flag pits. And because there's not as many Toyotas and they went later, what happened? The Fords all went. They went together, bigger group. They went early. They got established as a pack sooner. And basically, they made up all that time. And when it, when it all kind of settled, all of a sudden, Danny Hamlin went from leading the race to in the teens. And they and and when you're watching it and and the lack of 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 changing of of leaders and and people coming from way back and moving all the way up, you knew that late in the race, Danny wasn't going to win it unless there was another caution. And what blew me away is that I'm used to watching super speedway you know races. We used to call them restrictor plate, and for those of you that listen to our podcast, you'll hear me refer to them as restrictor plate. Uh, even though that's not really the engine package that they run anymore. But these super speedways, Talladega and Daytona, you're used to having these cars being so even and it all about the 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 driving skills, um, but also the 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 ability for you to team up and partner with other drivers and use that to drive to the front that you could be in 15th place with five laps to go. And find yourself leading the race within five laps because that's just the way that the drivers and the and the cars would move up and down the track. And we didn't see that. It was like single file. You get in line and then maybe the front six, seven cars had a shot to win. I think they even said that broadcast. Jeff Gordon mentioned that. He's like, I could see maybe the top eight. Those are the about eighth place because it was uh, I think Chase Elliott was in eighth at the time. And so that's not super speedway racing, you know, no, and, and every it, time it's someone, the package. Every time someone tried to get out of that line and create a second one, Nobody no one would, would go, go with no. them. And then and you they just fall back. And then they fall back. And it was like this game of like, OK, I'm going to go. And then no. And they fall back in place. And I felt like cars in the middle part of the of the pack would kept trying to do that. And they would just swap positions back in line. I mean, and then there was there were, who who what well, it was Danny Hamlin. Now, he couldn't come from like 15th place back. but. There were times he had such a strong car, he kind of had to go by himself. And because of the side drafting and everything, he kind of made his way up there and didn't really have a lot of help at times. And that's the sign of like a really strong car. The only other car I've seen the last few years be able to do that consistently is Joey Logano. I've seen it because, you know, we, we, we like, we're Joey Logano fans here. That's Giovanni's favorite driver. But let's be honest, not everybody likes Joey Logano. He's, he's probably as, not as polarizing as Kyle Busch, but he's pretty darn close. Like you either love him or you hate him. And the fact and the and the, the funny thing though is that translates it almost I feel like on the track in the competition. And there are drivers who just don't want to work with him, it seems like, because of the way he drives. But he doesn't mind it. Like they were even saying, like Joey doesn't mind an aggressive pusher. But if Joey's aggressive to the wrong guy and the guy can't handle it, then all of a sudden that guy wrecks. 
So, but in any event, I've seen Joey drive up and he has to basically get there by himself. And once he gets out front, they ain't no passing him. So you're talking about like this race was boring. There wasn't that much passes. We didn't say it was necessarily boring. It wasn't the most exciting Daytona 500. There wasn't as much passing. It wasn't as fulfilling as previous years. Like we aren't going to put this on the best Daytona 500s list. Yeah. Well, um. Now the finish was different. Like that was unique. But yeah, I agree with you. It won't be in the top 10 for us. Well, um. I can agree with you at some point because I was actually falling asleep when they were single filed. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm saying, like, we love NASCAR, right? We love NASCAR, and it. And when we tell people we sit there and we watch NASCAR four or five hours at a time, four hundred to five hundred miles, two hundred laps, and people that don't get the sport, they like to make fun. Ah, oh, left turn, left. There is so much more to it. And honestly, even within, even though this wasn't the like the best Daytona 500 we ever seen. There were moments where we're watching it. We're watching the competition because we know enough about the race. We're watching the way the drivers were going. I think I even mentioned that again, Joey Logano, the way he was side drafting, the way some of the other drivers were side drafting against Joey to get up there. But there just wasn't a lot of movement. And you say it yourself, all the single file, it can get boring after a while. Yeah, a little bit. And then, and then, so I am glad because we also need to talk about this. Maybe not this episode, but we've talked about whether you guys like the stages or not. If it wasn't for the stages, I think it would be even more of that single file, you know? So I think that the stages, anytime there was a caution, brought the cars back, changed it up, and then you got to see people drive to the front. So finally in the last laps, it got more exciting. Like Harvick two laps ago got shuffled out by the Fords. And then like on the last lap on turn one and two, he started his own line. That's how tough these cars are. And I think the reason early in the race when drivers started taking lines, they didn't do it because they knew there was more laps to go. The reason they did it with Harvick this time was because they knew to get to the front and win the race, you got to go with Harvick. Or if you stay in the line, you're not going anywhere unless the wreck that happened on turn three and four, and you were there, you could have won like Michael McDowell did going in victory lane. Well, I mean, that's typical of of a Daytona race where they start getting more aggressive towards the end. But I feel like in this race, they got aggressive like right at the end. Yeah. Right at the, like the last Usually lap. Usually it's like to like the last 20, 15 laps. They like waited to like two to go, even one to go. And Yeah, and I I don't know if it's because, you know, if you're up there, you knew you had had like one shot to make a move. And if you didn't make it, you were falling back and there was no coming back from that. Yeah. So I thought. And so uh, so they wanted to all throw the dice at the same time, which was the last lap. So Joey was leading and I'm like, okay, well, this is Joey's race. I mean, he's definitely going to win because nobody has gotten out of line to try to pass him or make any aggressive moves. So I was like, final lap, Joey's going to win and the race. love him or hate him, Joey is probably the best blocker in NASCAR, you know, and, and people hate it. But you know what? He's won his Daytona 500. got to do what you got to do, man. So what happened is that the reason Joey Logano did not win the 500 was because he's leading down the backstretch. You think, oh, this is going in the books. Logano won. Well, it ain't over till turn or till the try over when you cross that finish line. So what happened is coming on the thing, I don't know what happened. Michael McDowell bumps Brad Kozlowski into Logano. That sends Logano spinning into the grass, Brad into the wall. 
that crash that crashing into more cars. And like there was just flames. It was I I just saw flames. Luckily all the drivers were okay. And the caution came out and Michael McDowell won. And the top three were Michael McDowell, Chase Elliott, and Austin Dillon. Finishing the race be under a crash yellow is the equivalent of winning the race because of a rain delay. Yep, I can agree with you that. Yeah. Like, so what are you saying? It's less of a win? Yeah, because it's like you well, he had to be up there. Yeah, he like, was up you there. Can say but that, he but didn't the, try to like but But here's the deal. Regardless of what we want to say, McDowell was up there when the first two drivers wrecked. Yeah, he wasn't leading before that. Yeah, he didn't drive up and pass them. But at the end of the day, he still had the third fastest car when they crossed, you know, the start finish line for the last time. And so you can say what you want, but he put himself up there in that position. And you know what? For him, the the seas opened up, the two cars that were leading wrecked, and he had it for himself. And so you can say you don't like it, but you got to respect the fact that the guy is one of only uh I I don't know how many different I'm winners sorry, there are but, but you say that with won. any driver any driver we put up an argument about no. you'll say that No I don't no it's I don't. true it's Cole like do, do we really though need to respect do I really need he to won. Go down the list? I mean he doesn't really need a respect he he won that Guys, coveted trophy there is so. something kind of sus about uh, uh, Michael McDowell how pushing us- Brad Keselowski with a run that Resulted in Brad and Joey wrecking did, half the honestly, field. Honestly, if you look no, at look, look at I it again, and it McDowell looks like a dirty move. Them in. Uh, look, I don't know if it's a dirty move, but I will say McDowell. You know, he kind of helped that Brad and and Joey wrecked. You, I saw fans on Twitter saying, "Oh, look, this is why they didn't show the replay because they showed a replay from the front, and it looked like um, uh, Joey went and just blocked Brad because Brad had a run and he blocked him, and so Brad hit him." But if you watch the the full replay, you see McDowell. The reason why Brad had that run was because McDowell, McDowell pushed, pushed him into uh, Joey and took him out and and ended up, you know, McDowell winning. So, look, I didn't like the move. I was upset. I wanted Joey to win. I thought Joey was going to win that race and I was looking forward to it. But at the end of the day, McDowell came out on top. I'm not happy with it, but the guy still was in third. And he still was up there. I that, that to me that kind of a finish is completely different than if the drivers were in the middle of green flag pit stops. All of a sudden, rain came out, and then some guy who had no business leading just happened to be leading when the rain came down, and then won the race. That is completely different than winning this type of a race. And here's a like crazy stat. That I, I I just I was like, wow, I that's so crazy. I can't wait to see the next Daytona 500 in 10 years. And here's why. It's 2021. McDowell won. He'd never won before. First ever career win was a Daytona 500. To be quite honest, I'm surprised that he won. 10 years ago, who won that race? Trevor Bain. Trevor Bain. Trevor Bain. First ever Daytona 500 and when was that one? Has he did he win anything else after that? No, no. that was a one hit wonder. Okay, ten years before that, two thousand one was two thousand one. Michael Waltrip. Michael Waltrip won. That was also the race where we lost Dale. But that isn't that crazy? Oh one, eleven, twenty one. Crazy unexpected winners. Nobody thought was going to win, 
And honestly, when we made our picks, I thought if there was going to be a dark horse, I thought it was going to be who your mom had picked because he actually showed something this week. So it'll be really interesting as we start thinking about next week's race, how well he's going to do. Absolutely. I'm really excited this season for Denny Hamlin and Bubba Wallace because they, I'm sorry, Denny Hamlin. No, Bubba Wallace and Daniel Suarez. Because they both, I'm excited for Bubba Wallace. They both showed uh, a lot on the track. Like, I mean, Bubba Wallace unfortunately got in that wreck, that final wreck, but he was up there. He He, was up there. He was up there, and he was doing really good. So I'm really happy for him. I'm glad that he has a good, he has good equipment. No, I'm I'm anxious to see what they do this year. That is kind of an interesting thing that came out of the broadcast. They had Pitbull on, and he was talking about how he's a new owner and and participating in his team. He was also the Grand Marshal and all that. And then they said. He's actually planning on going to other NASCAR races. Oh, yeah. Know? He's going to go. He's like, as long as I'm not on tour, He'll be I'm going to be at all the races. Which is awesome. Like, that's everything you want. Since we're already, like, talking about the 2031 Daytona 500, I'm going to put my dark horse pick, Kaz Grala. He's going to get into a car and he's going to win this race like Michael McDowell In did. In 10 years? You don't think, uh, no offense, but I think that guy's got enough talent. Yeah, it's not going to take win. him 10 years to he's win. He's going to probably win before I then. think he'll win before, but you never know. Hey, we, we should mark this down so that when Kaz Grala does win, and if we ever interview him, we can say, you know, Sebastian didn't have any faith in you. Hey. <laughs> he thought you were going to be one of those one-hit wonders, and it was going to take you 10 years he'll to win He'll just sit anything. there staring at you like, excuse me? Hey, hey, I'm just saying, I just picked a driver that doesn't, that hasn't had a win, that he I, hasn't had a win because yeah. he's hardly he even raced. In that oh, I know. I, his first this cup. This was his second race. What was his first cup race? The Daytona, the Daytona Road, Road course. course. Right? And he did. What did he, he finished really well. Didn't he finish like top five? I think so. Yeah, he had, a good, he had a really good he finish. Really he even led like Because I even laps, said that I he should have replaced why was, uh, Austin Dillon Why for was good. he in that car? Someone got sick or? It was, Austin Dillon had COVID. COVID. That's what it was. I thought it was about a kid or something. Was it his wife had the kid? No, 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 no. I think it was COVID. Um, he had he got he was COVID positive. That's what it was. But in any event, uh, yeah. And this is what I think his second cup race. I don't know if he did any other one. So, yeah, cut the guy some slack. Okay, all right. Let all him right. go through a full season. Right. Let's see what he can do. I'm He's just got saying a lot of it took Michael McDowell eight years to win a race again. I honestly think when it's all said and done, Kaz Grahl is going to be in a different level than McDowell. McDowell's well, a good guy. Everybody seems to love him. I'm not a fan. I honestly forget what it was that he did last year that got me. It going. was it was during the All Star race. Oh, he, turned Bubba he turned Bubba Wallace. That's what it was. He took out Bubba Wallace. Right. He turned left or turned right. It was something crazy in the straightaway. It Wait, was, who? made no sense. That's what it was. McDowell, McDowell turned, turned Bubba. Oh, right. Yeah. Because he couldn't. He wasn't fast enough. And you were just defending him. Uh, no, I wasn't defending him. I was defending the fact that he. I, I okay, I guess I was Changes defending the story. him. Okay. Right. Change okay. the story okay. to make himself look innocent. All right, I, we're gonna, gonna wrap up something. this segment. No. Yes, Johan. Last, so my got dark the last horse word. pick oh, for the twenty thirty one. No, 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 no. Forget no about that. Give me your twenty thirty one. Give me your last comments on this year's Daytona five hundred, and then it was a good Daytona five hundred. It was a good Daytona five hundred. Okay, I mean, again, I could watch the Daytona five hundred every week. They're not always going to be the best. This one wasn't one of the best, but it's still pretty exciting. And there were moments where I was standing up in front of the TV yelling like I was, you know, like like I normally do when we watch sports. 
I'm switching my dark horse pick. I'm picking Johan Marino to win it. Is he even gonna wait, be wait, wait again, in 10 again. Years? Is that a backhanded slap? I'm not at your even going to be in the no, cup. He's because he, I'm not he's even going to be in the cup series right, yet. Right. I'm going to be in like the truck I'm series. Just this is weird. I'm just messing with you. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, top hop into the road course. You know, with this road course race, I have to literally describe it in one word. Chaos. Literally right from the beginning, there was chaos. That first turn, last week's winner, Michael McDowell, starts on the front row, and he completely messes up and goes into the grass in the first lap. Just instantly gone. Apparently, they said, like, yeah, he had a tire that was damn, like, like blue, a tire that popped before the race even started. Oh, that's right. He said he felt some vibrations um, as they were on the caution lap, or not the caution laps, the uh, pace laps. And but he thought it was like normal. And then clearly it wasn't. And he had that incident right in that first turn. And dropped from what? Second place all the way to to 26 to 26 in just that one turn. And, you know, there's like one thing I noticed and even mom has noticed this throughout the years. If like someone who hasn't won a normal race before and like they win the 500, I don't know why, but the announcers and the broadcasters are always like, oh my goodness, this guy's going to do it. He's won the 500. He's going to do, he's going to do it. This Michael McDowell goes from the 500 and winning to literally just wrecking his car pretty much in the first lap of this race. Michael McDowell did actually come back and finished eighth because so many drivers we have to talk about that happened to them. Yeah, plus I think that also might have had to do with uh, towards the end of the race, there was a whole like shift in positions because of um, pitting. But I have to agree with Sebastian. This race was crazy. And I don't know about you guys, but I think it was more exciting than the August race of last year that we actually went to. I feel like there was more... Um, there was more stuff going on on the track. You could the, everybody seemed like they were more competitive because we saw a lot of people. We have we saw drivers like locking brakes. We saw drivers plowing through the grass. Uh, we saw drivers, you know, going on those or spinning around and then hit, or hitting those. Um, what are they called? Uh, turtles. turtles. You know. So I thought this race was a bit more entertaining and fun to watch compared to the. Um, the one from last year. And definitely it was much funner than the Daytona 500 of this year. Well, I think the other thing too, you know, you talk, you compare it to, to last year. I think one of the reasons why this one was maybe a little bit more interesting was the fact that Chase Elliott, even though he was up at the front, fell back, drove back up, fell back, drove back up. And you were just waiting for him to make his way to the front. Yeah, and it was kind of like a you're on the edge of your seat just waiting. Like, you see these guys, they're leading the race, they're actually competing. And then Chase Elliott, you're like, oh no, he's going to come up front and just take the show again. And why Why were we expecting him to be up there? Johan, how many road courses in a row had Chase Elliott won coming into this race? Four. And apparently they said um, before this race, um, it's been two years since a driver that's not Chase Elliott has won at a road course until today. What did you say? Modification. Yeah, that's crazy. Like Chase Elliott is Nos. a beast on these tracks. What is it about his car? I mean, his car definitely definitely looked like it had more speed. It was just a stronger car every time. Than every single anybody time. Anybody else's for most of that race. You, you. I mean, I 
personally think it just shows the skill of the driver and it's no there's no surprise that he is the champion of the of the of the circuit this year or okay, last year mr mr seven I, look at the end of the day you watch these guys they all had very strong cars and chase elliott would weave his way through traffic and he would find his way up to the front that takes skill that doesn't just happen it's not this is not a horsepower type of track this is a lot of skills. It's about getting into the turns. It's about ha- breaking just the right way. And we saw that later when it when a good driver was up front, but he h- didn't have his brakes anymore. I mean, you could say that about any track, like even Martinsville. It's not just about horsepower. It's about get timing your brakes, just like you said. Well, any and track. that takes a lot of skill, and Chase Elliott proves that he has it. And he's one of the best. It does take a lot of skill, Gio. If I was in that position and I had to drive, I would literally drive off the track. I'd be out first lap. You'd be first in that grass turn, yeah. Look, you can say, I mean, we we were all talking last week about the fact that Michael McDowell had won his first ever race. And, and if you're ever going to win a race that you just, you know, things just can fall into place, it's probably going to be at a super speedway track. You, you can't say that about Chase Elliott and how dominant he has been in these road courses. Like he just he just proves how good he really is. Well, not only that, but he's super skilled because in that particular part of the race where he lost control of his car in the grass. Yeah. Like I think any other driver would have spun out and you can see him driving because they did a close up. You can see him driving. And it reminded me of that scene in cars where Doc Hudson is telling Lightning McQueen the trick to the turns. And he says, turn left to go right. And you could see him or turn right to go left, vice versa. But he you could see him turning as as his car was was veering to the right. He was turning the steering wheel to the left. And I, I like I'm saying like I'm telling you I don't know how yeah I don't know how he, he didn't, didn't take, that take that sign out yes. I thought for sure he's going <laughs> to take that sign out who was that it that sign? hit a sign just around that same time and and then it ended up catching fire it was, was it um Tyler Reddick Tyler Reddick Tyler Reddick, Reddick. Tyler Reddick took out one of those signs and then the sign I guess the heat from the car and the engine just burst it caught fire and Chase Elliott is sliding all over the grass anybody else that went into the grass. Their car turned into a plow and ripped up the grass. He's literally sliding like I'm like mom just said, left man. and right. That's not <laughs> modifications. That is some skill. Then why didn't his car turn into a lawnmower like everyone else? Because his skills, man. Well, he kept well, it off. Modification. He, he wasn't the only one because we were extremely surprised to see um, Kurt Busch. When he lost control of his car and plowed through the grass, yeah, and his he car went did... a long distance in the grass. And I was just shocked that his splitter did not sink into the yeah. grass and become a lawnmower. And he got out of that. But he so that spun was... around. The thing, the he amazing thing with Chase end. Elliott's experience when he did it, he didn't really lose any spaces. Like you thought for sure. Not only is he going to hit the signs that were um, the the you know the advertising signs that they had on the side of the road there. And he was going to lose a bunch of space spots on the track. And he didn't. He kept it off. He kept it straight, got it back on and kept going. There was like little to no damage to his car with Kurt Busch. He lucked out because his car spun around in a circle. And yet he he didn't, you know, like you said, the, the grass didn't blow up a splitter and blow up his uh, his uh, fender like we had seen other happen to other drivers. Um, but no, man, I, I know, Gio, you you believe in these conspiracy theories with Chase Elliott. I know he's not your favorite driver because him and Joey okay, Logano okay, okay, run okay. into it. But at the end of the day, dude, like 
you could say what you want about Joey Logano, but you can't deny his skill. You can say what you want about Kyle Busch. You cannot deny his skill. You can say whatever you want about Chase Elliott, but the man has won four straight road courses. And it's just, he is a wheel man. He knows how to get that car around the track quick. Well, um, his teammate in the five car, Kyle Larson, he actually was in third in this, and he made a move that did not work. It was like on turns, coming on turn six, um, he just tried to make a move and then just spun around into the tires. Yeah, he actually had made his way up, and he was pretty quiet all day. Um, you know, after the first, uh, the first stage, I think he was in, let me see. He was in sixth place. Um, and then he was outside the top 10 in the, in after stage two. But at one point he was making his way to the front and, uh, he tried to do this move. Like you were saying, in going into turn six kind of did this dive bomb move. And uh, it was a little too much, and he ended up losing control. Yeah. He actually finished 30th. And, like, my guy, Kyle Busch, he was also, like, he had troubles, but then he was able to, like, get back up, and then he gets into even more trouble. So what what happened is, I got, earlier in the race when McGowan went out, something happened. He got damaged, and then it came back. I gave him credit. I give him credit for, like, coming back. And then he just couldn't come back when, he like, something happened to him because there was not that much laps left. You want to know who I will give, who I want to give a lot of credit to? Kurt Busch and Brad Keselowski. Those two early on in the race. Oh, my goodness. They were driving really hard. And one of the things that Brad Keselowski, I don't even know how the man managed to finish the race and let alone in, like, the top five because... He kept locking his brakes. It seemed like every single lap when he got into all those turns, he would lock the brakes and you think, okay, that's it. He's done. He's spinning around. And he just kept going. Now, when you talk about skill, he's got some skill, clearly, because not any kind of driver would just be able to go through the grass and lock their brakes like that. Well, I I think it's like mom said, I think there's also a lot of luck. Uh, in the way that his car did not get destroyed by the oh, grass. Oh, y'all was... say Brad gets luck, but you say Chase. Oh, he's hey. the most skilled driver of all time. Let's put him in the Hall of Fame already then. Oh, yeah, You know, that's a good idea. I, think that I should, should not be speaking. I think we yep. should. This is one to NASCAR. NASCAR, if you're listening to this, just break the role of retired drivers going in the Hall of Fame. Just send him in. He already has a championship. He could retire today and that man goes to the Hall of Fame. He's already got a championship. How are you not going to put a guy that wins a season championship in the Hall of Fame? Does he have a 500 yet? No, not yet. No. Oh, well, Joey's got both of those. Not well, Tony, lie. I think, is <laughs> in the Hall of Tony Stewart's, I think, in the Hall of Fame. He ain't. He never won a Daytona 500. Yeah, but he's like a three-time champion, so come on. All right, let's talk about one thing in these road courses that maybe our listeners did not know because I did not know this until, or I, I might have known this, but I didn't remember. On these road courses, the cars have windshield wipers and they have the ability to change into rain tires, which they did, correct? They they changed into the rain tires. All but 11. So all all cars but 11 11 of them. them. At what point in the race did they do that? It was around like, I think, what, like 30, 20 to go. And that actually like changed the perspective of the race because people like Chase Elliott 
and I think like Denny Hamlin, they went in and changed for rain tires, but someone like Joey Logano did not. And it clearly showed because Joey took off near the final laps and was leading it. Well, um, I'm actually wanting to talk about the final laps of the race. So one of the other drivers, I think, didn't go in for rain tires or he either changed them was Christopher Bell. So basically what happened, how he got the dub was Joey Logano's leading and then something, I don't know, he starts slowing down. And I think like something was either wrong with his brakes and Bell just keeps catching up and catching up. I think it's that long term, um, long run, short short run speed. Yeah, the, the Penske car said that they didn't have good long run um, speeds. And when Joey just kept going and going, they were talking about his his tires started, or I'm sorry, not his tires, his brakes started locking and wearing. And that led to him slowing down and And Christopher Bell passed him on the last lap and was able to get his first curve win. And I think this kid has a lot of skill and he can win more races coming in his career. So, Johan, why don't you take us through the top five for this week's Daytona road course race? So the top five was finishing first, getting his first ever win. Christopher Bell and Joe Logano finishing second. Denny Hamlin finishing third. Kyle, or Kurt Busch, I almost said Kyle Busch. Kurt Busch having some issues, from, went back up to finish fifth. And Brad Kozlowski, he had lock-up tires, and he finished fifth. But there is one big story I wanted to tell you guys. His, he is A.J. Digger. He hasn't raced in NASCAR for a while, and he's not even in a full-time ride. And even a seventh. Yeah, A.J. actually did pretty good. Much better than probably all of us expected. And A.J. Allmendinger, he he's known as a road course warrior. Like he's he's usually does very well in these road courses. So um, that's that was pretty cool. I was surprised that we didn't get to see our buddy uh, Kaz. Um, what's his last name? Kaz Grala. Kaz Grala. We uh, mistakenly at one point thought he was racing full time season, and and Johan had to correct us. Uh, but this was the track. This was the race last year where he made his his. Uh, I almost called it Nextel Cup. His uh, Sprint Cup. No, I'm just joking. His Winston Nextel. Cup. No, his Cup Series debut he made at the road course at Daytona last year and ended up finishing, I think, in the top five last year. He finished seventh. Yeah. Seven or top ten. So seventh place. That was pretty cool. So now let's discuss our race picks for the Daytona Road Course. And we're going to start off with Johan's pick because he ended up getting the highest out of us. Who did you pick, Johan? I, so I picked Denny Hamlin. He finished third in this race. He finished second last year. And I'm really happy with who I picked. My pick was Bubba Wallace, and unfortunately, he didn't do as good as I thought he was going to do. And in retrospect, as I was watching the race, I thought, oh, maybe I should have picked another driver. Um, This is his first year with this team. And looking back at some of the road course, I think he needs a bit more practice. I mean, there are a bunch of road course races this year, so hopefully he'll get better and we'll, we'll, you know, with more practice, he'll he'll do well. But uh, Bubba finished 26th, so I got zero points. For me, I uh, had another struggle this week. Zero points, all because of Ryan Blaney. 
I feel like whenever we pick him, he just does absolutely nothing. So I'm probably not going to be picking him again for this season. <laughs> and that was he can a surprise, though, because he's good at race courses, road mm. courses. Actually, no, yeah. He no, is. I don't he's think he good. is because he only won the ro- he only won the Roval because of luck. Will you stop? Oh, that's doing your... boy. it's true. It's only boy. because Jimmy that's Johnson had luck. his tires locked. You in are... third. That driving in third is not luck. That's like saying then that Kyle well, Busch I mean, won the shouldn't have won the clash. Yeah, with uh because of luck. I'm saying with the luck how he won because Jimmy Johnson locked up his tires. Oh, that's what it is. Oh. That's why mm-hmm. he doesn't like him because mm-hmm. Jimmy Johnson. Lost the race. He, lo- he wrecked himself. Because he wrecked himself. No, March it's Rex the tires. Hashtag Jimmy Johnson. How about hey, that, buddy? Oh, uh, you can't hear that. Wait, I'm sorry. Why are you guys talking about Jimmy Johnson? I thought he was retired. Why Why are we Why are we talking about okay, a retired driver? Okay, let's get driver? into race picks. Uh-huh. All right, who's next? Who's uh, talking about their pick? So my pick was the guy we were literally just talking about earlier, Kyle Busch. Throughout this race, he's had troubles. Literally, the first lap, he messes up his car, tries to drive up, falls back, drives up, and then he gets into an incident on the front stretch and basically ends his day. 35th is where my guy finished, meaning no points. I had picked the guy that really should have won. I was shocked that he couldn't pull it off. He looked like he was going to drive his way back to the front until late cautions and everything kind of messed them up. Oh, how the tables Tables have turned. I was so confident that I actually had even called it. Oh, this is over. I'm going to get points. None of you guys are going to get points. And he's going to win his fifth he was already straight saying road who, course. Who he's going to pick? Yeah, I already, like... I already announced who I was going to pick for the next week because I folks, knew I was going first. Let me tell you who it was. Well, hold on, hold on. The thing about Chase Elliott was that he... It it just he he led 62 percent of the laps. This is a 70 lap race and he led 44 guys that squeaking in the back is our new puppy Kenobi deciding that at this precise moment he wants to play with his little squeaky toy lamb chop. Our greatest apologies. So uh, anyways, that, that was a special appearance by Kenobi in any event. Chase Elliott didn't even finish in the top 10. I got zero points this week. But you know what? If I had to do it all over again, I still would have picked Chase Elliott. Next week, Sebastian, why don't you tell us where we're going? We are not leaving Florida, but we're going south. South to Homestead Miami Speedway. Dude, they are stuck in Florida. Ooh, I like that track. That's actually one of my favorite tracks. Yeah, it's become one of my favorite too. I mean, we've been there a few times, but it is a it is a it is a fun track. Yeah, like especially I've seen pictures of Homestead Miami the restarts. Like they just go crazy. I I especially love the restarts at this track. So we're pretty familiar with Homestead. Let's see who we're going to pick the win this weekend. And now it's the Let's Go Racing Family Picks of the Week. Who is going to win this week in Homestead? Johan, by virtue of a tie and having the guy that finished the best last week, you pick first. Who are you picking to win this week in Miami? All right, so I'm, I did some research, 
And not only I did some research on Homestead, I did some research on Dover. One of the drivers that are good at Dover is the 42, a.k.a. now 5. I'm going to pick Kyle Larson to win at Homestead of Miami Speedway. Wow. Kyle Larson. That would be a huge story. Oh, that was my pick. That would be a huge story. All right. I guess I'm next. So thinking about Homestead and looking at the last drivers to win there, you had Kyle Busch that won last year's race. And the year before, of course, it was, or no, I take that back. It was Danny Hamlin. Hamlin, And then it was Kyle Busch. So I'm going to go with my man, the man who teamed up with Michael Jordan. I'm going to pick Denny Hamlin to win this weekend in Miami. All right. So that picks me up next. And all right. This is going to be a bit of a wild card pick, but I think he's going to show some strength. He got a new ride this season and has been performing pretty well. Let's go with Daniel Suarez. Wow. Daniel Suarez. Great pick. Great pick. I know Pitbull will be very excited. The man, the mayor of Miami having his team win. All right. I'm next. And I'm going to go with a guy who has been strong in both of these first races. And I think he's going to take the win this Sunday. Joey Logano. Oh, Joey Logano. Ooh, he was that All right, Sebastian, bring us home. Who's your pick to win this weekend in Miami? My pick for this week is the man who first won with the new championship format. I'm going to pick Kevin Harvick to win this race for me. There you go. Homestead, Miami. On that note, Giovanni, why don't you take us out? Well, we're glad to be back, but unfortunately, that's going to wrap up this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening on in. Please consider liking, subscribing, and following our socials. Thank you so much for listening on in, and let's go racing family out. <laughs>